The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Things differently with it, but unfortunately we've encountered the obstruction and now due to the nature of the location because it is on the slope of, of the Gerson Hill and the size and the magnitude of the item, you, you cannot just extract this. It's nine meters below the platform where the bridge's pier will be built. They're having to work around it. However, they don't think it'll mean an overall delay in the plans to open in 2020. United Conservative Party leader Jason Kenney plans to introduce a private member's bill to today that would require any future increases in Alberta's carbon tax be put to a referendum. Official opposition spokesman Blaise Bomer compares it to a taxpayer protection bill. The UCP hopes a vote on the bill would occur sometime during the current session of the legislature, but the NDP majority could easily be able to defeat it. The UCP has pledged to scrap the carbon tax if it wins the next provincial election. Alberta's trade minister is apologizing for his word choice, but not his defense of pipelines. Darren Billis referred to the B.C. government using crude language yesterday because of how they're treating the Trans Mountain Pipeline expansion. And Canada's losing out on, on billions of dollars in GDP because of uh, essentially us having one one customer. Um, so we're going to continue to uh, to use every tool in the toolbox to get the Trans Mountain built. We are confident that the pipeline will get built. He says he should have used more diplomatic language. The federal natural resources minister says B.C. is allowed to consult with its residents on the controversial pipeline project, but says it's already a done deal. Jim Carr says the Trudeau government has already approved the expansion of the Kinder Morgan project. On a visit to Vancouver, Carr says only the government of Canada gets to decide what is in the national interest. Far from any apologies, the U.S. president seems almost proud he made up trade facts in a conversation with Canada's Prime Minister. In a fundraising speech in Missouri yesterday, Donald Trump bragged to supporters he had no idea if he was right when he told Justin Trudeau the U.S. runs a trade deficit with Canada. But as Global's David Aiken in Washington reports, they actually have a $2.6 billion surplus. He has a surplus, and that's just something that every single day our officials in Washington are trying to drill into the heads of senators, Congress people, uh, the president, his cabinet. There's a surplus, yeah. Mr. Mr. President, period. But White House spokesperson Sandra Huckabee Sanders said just a short time ago those numbers don't include energy and lumber. She maintains Trump was right. Checking the market numbers from National Bank Financial, the TSX up 9 at 15,662. The Dow up 120 to 24,880. NASDAQ down 14 at 7482. Our dollars down 59 basis points to 76.60 cents U.S. Oil up 25 cents a barrel at 6120. Natural gas down four cents a gigajoule to 271, and gold down 880 an ounce to 1316 dollars and 80 cents. 6:30 Chad guaranteed weather. There have been some flurries in the area, mostly clearing. Guaranteed high zero. Clouds tonight with a low of minus seven. Morning flurries tomorrow with a high of zero. Cloudy with some chance of flurries Saturday. The high plus one. Mostly cloudy Sunday. The high plus two. Sunny and plus three for Monday. In Edmonton, it's minus three. I'm Eileen. Bell, the 6.30 Chad Afternoon News starts right now. Input Capital's new mortgage stream. Just like a conventional farm mortgage, but your payment is only once a year. In Canola, and picked up on your farm. Head to InputCapital.com. 
Engaging conversation with Jalen Nye and Andrew Gross. Breaking news with Eileen Bell and sports with Morley Scott. This is the Afternoon News on 630 Chat, Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station. Do you know where that was? Well, I do know. That we didn't do hump day yesterday? Because we had a guest right, off the, guest right off the top of the show. And it was an important and, and it was an important guest, and we were talking about Stephen Hawking. Right. So it wasn't quite appropriate. So you can't do hump day. And then hey, to speak of uh, the death of Stephen Hawking. Yeah, no, that time and work. space. Well, exactly right. Doesn't work. They have to come together. Oh, my God. Look, it's Gord Steinke. Hey, Gord Steinke. <gasps> oh. What's going on there? Shippers. Wow, a little feedback. A little hmm. thing going on in your brain. Yeah, it must have been that metal plate in my head. <laughs> <laughs> it is a Thursday, the 6.30 Chad Afternoon News. Jayla and I, Andrew Gross, and as always on Thursday, always, we say always, uh, Gord Steinke. Hey, nice to be here again. Nice to be here. Nice to drive in. It's a, The sun is attempting to come out and burn well, off the clouds a it little was, bit. It was kind of when I woke up this morning on the couch, um, I looked out and I had drawn all the blinds and the curtains in the in the in the family room thinking because it's going to be nice and bright and i looked out yeah it's it looked like gloomy. it was going to rain yeah um and i was kind of hopeful that it would rain because i would like to get rid of the snow mm-hmm. but yeah it's just kind of been one of those days one of those days i think it'd be better curled up in bed with a book yeah well it's turning around yeah this morning i thought this is what they go through in vancouver oh for 100 days in a row. It's, yeah, it's depressing out there. Have you spent any amount of time? I love this thing? blue sky here in Alberta. Yeah, yeah. They talk about uh, nature and uh, just, you know, how what, at one they are with the environment out there and all that kind of sort of stuff. Uh, but it just, if you go out in the winter, it's just, it's, just, it's downright depressing. Well, it's dismal. And, yeah. yeah. And it's hard to, yeah, get out of bed. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's hard to get out of nice bed when it's sunny, too. Well, it so. <laughs> <laughs> nice to see the tulips when you visit, though. Like mm, I suppose. Yeah, and, and the mountains. Yeah. And the ocean. Yeah, although my mom was out there not long ago in Victoria, and she said that uh, they got snow. Mm-hmm. Shut the whole place down. Nobody oh, was yeah. driving anyway. Absolutely. Really? You're funny. Victoria's pretty, but Victoria's just kind of um, boring for me. Uh, yeah, I like Victoria. To stop by and visit. I was just there, yeah. what, a couple of months ago? A couple ago. months ago. Yeah. For a little while. You wouldn't want to. I was there for a night. It was yeah. about enough. Yeah. 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 Coach really likes it there. I'm just like, yeah, we got engaged there, so it's kind of a, a special spot. Mm-hmm. But again, I I wouldn't go there. And sort sp- of a special spot. Well, it is you a special spot. Yeah, it is. A, it's a special spot. <laughs> it's a because special spot. We got engaged there, but it's not a place that I would go and spend a week of my holidays. Right. Maybe Tofino or something. And I, that's, that's where we go. That's on my bucket Victoria list. Victoria is our stop on the way to Tofino. Okay. I, I don't yeah. know if this means anything, but the spot where I got engaged mm-hmm. became a uh, strip club. Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah, it was a comedy club, but it, uh, and I, I got engaged on stage, and then uh, it wasn't because of that, but at some point down the road, it, be, it became an adult hmm. Entertainment club. center. Entertainment center, yeah. Well, it's a good story to tell the grandkids. Well, you can't really take them by, though. This is where your grandmother and yeah, I got to get well, Was Grammy a dancer? <laughs> no. Nice pole work, Grandma. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's just weird. I think it's... I don't think it is anymore. I think it's yeah. gone back to being something else or it's been torn down. I'm not yeah, really sure. these are things you never forget. Well, yeah. oh, I, yeah, I'll never forget Where did that. you get engaged, Gord? Well, it was somewhere around Moose Jaw, I think. I was going to say, speaking of things you never forget. Like yeah, on right. the highway? <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm sorry. I guess I forgot. <laughs> no, it was out by Moose Jaw. I guess to be, we're living in Regina, and uh-huh. then that's where we'd gone on our honeymoon was the Harwood Hotel in uh, Moose Jaw. So, yeah, I'll never forget that. Oh, yeah, you took you her out of town. You just didn't answer the question, Gord. You yeah. said that's where you took her on the honeymoon. You well, didn't I think say where was, you got engaged. No, well, I know. It was, we were just in the kitchen in a little basement apartment and said, Hey, we should get married. We've been living together for oh, a while. Oh, so you were actually living there? 
Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought you drove her out of town in case the answer was no. <laughs> We're going to leave you, but I'm not sure how you're getting back. Moose then. Jaw Murray yeah. there, the yeah. big moose. Yeah, it's been a great five years. We'll see you later. <laughs> <laughs> oh, interesting. Hey, uh, do you want to Moose Jaw is an interesting spot. Yeah, for sure. Well, it's well, the home of the, uh, the, snow, moose. the snowbirds. It snowbirds is. There, mm-hmm. Yeah, did many stories when I worked back for CBC. Oh, on yeah, the of course. Well, you would have done because uh, mm-hmm. what's his name was located at uh, the criminal, the. Uh, Colin Thatcher. Nope. <laughs> That's not who I was <laughs> That's thinking the other of. They're criminal. They're thinking rum. You're thinking rum runners. Yeah, the one with the tunnels. Oh Capone. yeah, for sure. Yeah, the 1920s prohibition. Al- was and, it Al Capone? Yeah, he wrote yeah. that book, Mobsters and Rummers, with right. Al Capone coming up and buying booze <laughs> off. Uh, That's right. The good moose jaw people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but good on you for calling Thatcher immediately. Well, wow, that sure. was weird well, that your mind went well, right can I tell there. You well, something? Very accurate though. But um, that whole that whole case was something else. And when, the two years that I was in Regina, I yeah. signed up for the um, the Regina Police Service had a Citizens Police Academy, mm. and you could take a six week course, and it was like once a week you would go and learn different mm-hmm. things about uh, policing. Uh, so Isn't that one more week than the actual Regina stop police? It, okay. Stop it. Stop it. So, you know, right now. <laughs> forensics and you'd get to go down and shoot shoot guns and all that sort of stuff and uh, we actually saw the crime scene pictures house. of yeah. uh, the, from the Colin Thatcher. Yeah, the that garage where she, her body yep. was found right there. Yeah, and it uh, just absolutely tore apart Regina back, yep. uh, I guess, 80s. Yeah. Mid-80s, something yeah, like yeah. that. And he did it's time. Yep. And he wrote that book, Deny, Deny, Deny. Mm-hmm. And he, I understand he's back on the family farm ranching again. Oh, really? So, okay. <laughs> well, speaking of crime in Regina, have you ever uh, done a tour of uh, Depo in Regina, the yes. RCMP yes. training center? Yeah. That's a fascinating museum they've got there. Their museum. Top notch. Yes. Yep. And uh, my brother, when he graduated, we all went to the graduation in Regina. And the first thing I noticed was the pictures that were on the walls in the classrooms. Oh, yeah. They're very graphic. Yeah. Um, some are accident scenes, some are crime scenes, and I think the idea being just to get the cadets accustomed to seeing this sort of thing, Mm -hmm. but the museum you mentioned, wow, uh, I wrote, I wrote, I read a letter, and and I can't tell you the incident specifically it was referring to, but it was a letter written by an individual who had kidnapped an RCMP officer and who wrote um, to the RCMP basically saying what they were doing to the Mountie. And oh, I, I think I remember this story. This yeah, is a story out of Saskatoon that's in the right. 70s, right? There were two two guys that had kidnapped that's the right. Mountie, and they took him from house party to house. It was a horrible the, story. They, exactly. Yeah. They took him from party yeah. to party. Uh, people spit on him and, and did other things. But the letter itself... I got goosebumps just it's, remembering that. It's that so shocking to read this letter because it reeks of of ignorance and... Uh, you, you cruelty just, is, is un, beyond belief. Uh, you know what I hate to say that I know I remember that so well. I was living in Saskatoon. That would be uh, mid, just late seventies. Yeah, I would hate to say it, but I bet those guys are out now. Probably, mm-hmm. which is just um, mm-hmm. just makes my skin crawl. Right, you know. It yeah. was it was shocking to read, and particularly uh, shocking to read. Uh, because they were gloating and, and they were so happy mm-hmm. about what they had done. But like I said, the, the spelling was atrocious and the grammar was atrocious. Like these were just mm. uneducated well, people. Just that, like you the know, ultimate evil that we hear exactly. see with serial killers today. Exactly. And yeah. to read that letter um, when I was there to watch my brother graduate and become a Mountie, mm-hmm. um, it was really something. But I never thought it was inappropriate for the letter to be on public display. Because I agree. People should read that and should know 
what their sons and daughters and brothers right. and, and sisters are facing. How dangerous the job of yes. being a police officer is and the trauma that they must go through because those are their brothers and sisters. Yeah, as I recall, he had just pulled somebody over or had uh, responded to some really yeah. small complaint yeah. and then ended up hmm. in that uh, situation. And what are you going to do? I yeah. Mean, just, it's like a horror movie. Ugh. But yeah, the, but you know, on a not a lighter note because it's another terrible part of our past but the, it's so well highlighted at the museum is the is the, the mad trapper of rat river yeah yes. absolutely there, yeah. back in 1932 they led him on on a just an incredible police chase through the, the uke of the tombstone That's mountains right. up by uh, eagle plains and you can see his snowshoes and you can see the the knapsack that he yep. had and they thought he had supernatural powers the natives up there because he, he was he was minus 40 and he's yeah. leading them up through the robinson mountains and he'd shot a police officer wasn't what may involved what may was finally yeah. They called in Watt May from from Edmonton here to come up in a. I think it was a. No, it wasn't an open cockpit. It was called a. I think a Curtis Jenny. It was a mm -hmm. closed cockpit. But he actually led the police finally to where this guy was, and he was putting his snowshoes on backwards, so that they, they, right. they couldn't figure out where this guy was coming, uh -huh. whether he was coming or going. Yeah. But Watt May up in the air was able to spot him on the the Peel River. I think it was. Yeah. And directed the 303, the gunfire in, and they shot him on the on the Peel River finally. But you can go to the the museum. And talk about history coming alive. You yeah. can you see the snowshoes. You can see his. Uh, I think his gun is there, and you also see like a bullet hole through yeah. his knapsack that's on display there as well. Crazy story. One of the most interesting guests that uh, had on the show, Andrew. You weren't here, but it was Denny May. He's still yeah. I know is Denny Watt very May's, well. His uh, son. Yeah, he'd be about eighty-two now. Yeah, and he came in and got talking because another book was being written yeah. about his dad and uh, just trying to keep that history alive. Was, and it yeah, was fascinating. We went out with Denny a couple of times, and I was being down in his. He's got a little uh, office. It's just crammed with, with hmm. stuff because he was a, a big Boy Scout leader back in the day and so he's got all kinds of memorabilia of his yeah. dad. But he had the cartridge, the 303 cartridge, really? I guess, that his dad, yeah. when he landed on the river, had picked it up or something. So. Well, and his dad died uh, when he was quite young, so for him to, so he, you know, I think he was he's like 15, 17, 15 yeah. 17 years old, and so learning more about, about your dad and, cool. and building a relationship with your dad when he's dead through the history and, yeah. and what it was that he did, something else. Yeah, and then yeah. the police. The police here had done a like a comic book almost, but it's a real nice tribute to Watt May as mm -hmm. well. And Denny was a big part of that, yeah. just describing the stories. But yeah, if you, that Regina Museum is it's quite something. It's quite something. And my own work there too. I think back in the fifties, it's been there for a long, long time. Mm -hmm. And I think we have family members that were uh, that are buried there. It's quite the. It's kind of like the Arlington Cemetery of Canada for, yeah. for RCMP mm -hmm. officers, fallen but, officers. But when you look at this stuff and you think about, you know, what you have at your house historically, and Andrew, I mean, you talk about uh, the, the the books that your dad had mm -hmm. when he was, uh, you know, in this in the Second World War. It, it, it sheds light on a whole different part of uh, a person's personality, background, whatever. When you can Indeed. read that, you yeah, know, no you know them as a certain way, as yeah. dad, mom, cousin, brother, whatever, friend. But then when you when you go back. For instance, I'll use your case, Andrew, with you know your dad's books mm -hmm. um, and everything that was going on at that time. It just sheds probably light on. Uh, well, I know it does on a, on, a, on a part of your dad that you never you never yeah, knew and he never talked about. Just incredible. He would talk about the Second World War. My mom would as well. Of course, she's a war bride. Everyone knows that. Um, but they would talk about the same things that you would typically hear or see in a movie. Mm -hmm. You know, and she would talk about you know blackouts and air raids and taking the ship uh, to Canada mm -hmm. with an infant child and all mm -hmm. that kind of stuff but when I read my dad's uh, memoirs uh, I was just well do you remember that day I tried to talk about it yeah. and, and couldn't get it out I was right. so have you uh, ever published them or thought about sharing no, it with, with other 
No, because my dad didn't give me permission to do that. He, in, in the preface to them, he had said that he had written them because he wanted his children to know him better. And I really wish that I'd had an opportunity or, or had taken the opportunity to read them before his death, which mm -hmm. I did not. They were mm -hmm. given to me after his mm -hmm. death. Um, but you, you think of your dad, like you just said, Jay, you, you think of your father, your parents, as this older, wiser, established person, perhaps, but they're writing these as somebody in their 20s who was in a world war. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's right and, in the midst of things. Yeah, who volunteered to be in that and who, you know, so, I mean, the stories that I found most fascinating were not the ones of historical note or significance, but about how, you know, he lost his uniform, so he stole somebody else's and <laughs> you, you know like just stuff like that because yeah. the you punishment learned. for not being in uniform was pretty pretty you know, severe yeah, yeah. just be a court martial little or stuff like yeah. that or how he snuck into the officers club before he was an officer and you just go, my God, this guy's so much like me. He's a troublemaker. Turns him into right. a human being, not a disciplinarian Ex that exactly. you remember growing yeah. up. Yeah, and I'm I, the same boat. Yeah. And I think that the same thing happened with you, Gord. You know, your trip uh, back to Germany with your exactly. dad. Exactly, yeah. He started telling stories after a couple of good German uh, pilsners. <laughs> and uh, I realized, you know, my dad was, you know, a very strict German. And I was raised that way. And he didn't really, mm -hmm. he didn't want to cross him. But now, you know, he's older. And he's telling more stories. He's telling stories about working on the railroad in mm -hmm. B.C. Or, or working like where we I kind of grew up at the Mental Institute, North Battleford, yeah. which I've mentioned before. Mm -hmm. And you learn out he's quite a practical joker yeah. in some ways, you know, kind of a an off-color, mm. uh, you know, sense of humor, but <laughs> then I, I do too. And yeah. you think, well, maybe that's where you yeah. get it from, right? I'm, a, I'm looking forward this summer. I'm going to uh, Halifax for a conference. I've never been to the East Coast. I've really? never been to oh, Halifax. Really? You're going to love it. It's like and going to Europe. Yeah. And my, and my dad has been out there once but talked about going to Pier 21 oh, when yeah. they came over from yep. England. And so your family there, would have come through there? Through there. And Dad talked about, you know, seeing the names and he just, he, I even talk about it, he broke yeah. down crying so there. so emotional. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to going there and seeing that, but I'm also afraid that I'm going to end up bawling my eyes too. Well, you know what, you will. I probably did, will. I did the same thing yeah. because I had, uh, on my mom's side, the Ford side had come over uh, from England, yeah. but on the Sankey side, they'd all come over through that pier too. So you're you're actually leaning up against the brick walls and walking on the on the yeah. cobblestone yep. that they came through, and you're looking out at the same ocean. The landscape yeah. just hasn't changed when you look that way. They brought them in on a ferry. I mean, it's... It's very moving. Yeah, yeah. You hang on to your hat when you get oh, there. Okay, thanks for the heads up. <laughs> All right, might have to have a couple of Keith, uh, Keith Adams before I get there. Alexander Keith. Oh, yeah, Alexander Keith there before Keith I get Adam. there. Keith Adams. Keith Adams. It's my own makeup beer. She hasn't been to Halifax. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. I think he had a popular hit back in the '60s. <laughs> History lessons. Mm -hmm. History lessons as we continue the conversation and right everybody's through that got break. One, right? Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Who seems to have a history lesson. I just posted a picture on, on Twitter of my Aunt Ellen, who's uh, 90, I think 93, 94. I guess it doesn't matter when you get to be that old. <laughs> to her, it probably <laughs> does. But uh, what are the odds of this? Her and Carol Ann's grandmother are in the same nursing home what? in Ottawa. Oh I know. Oh, my gosh. And Carol Ann's grandma oh, is... Wait a minute. Who? Not, what? Carol Ann's grandmother, Rhea, okay. Is, okay. is 96, and she's in the same nursing home that my 93-year-old Aunt Ellen is. Really? Yeah. Do they share an anchor desk or anything? They or? just No, they just uh, they probably go down for happy hour. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they do, but uh, they're both looking really good, and uh, inter there again, interesting history. I can't talk for Carol Ann's, but my aunt Ellen, my mom was probably listening right right now from Regina, so I better get this right. But she, you know, it, it, in her mid nineties right now, she was a woman that went into the University of Saskatchewan, came right off the homestead, and got an education like a BA in 
science before mm-hmm. you know she'd moved out mm-hmm. to her mathematics or something where she'd moved out that was unheard of in the 30s yeah, and really? 40s right yeah so very interesting hmm. People in, in a past. When you start asking questions, and like even to find out that the two of them are in the same place together, and you two <laughs> spend every night, or you know, spend every night on the desk together, um, you know, once you start talking and find out how small of a world at times. Well, remember the day are. we discovered that we were both in Sault Ste. Marie at yeah. the same time, and yeah. actually, right. know one another. And actually, the building that he lived in was right beside my high school. Yeah. Yeah. And this is a huge, yeah. huge country mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. big expanses, as we all know. Mm-hmm. It's not like living in England or something where you go, oh yeah, my own sense that your uncle or aunt would be in the same nursing home. Yeah. It does sort of feel sometimes like mm-hmm. the world is designed for you to, to meet certain people. Everybody's connected, it yeah. seems like, in some way. Yeah. Which is why I don't know why there's so much violence and, and, and antagonism in the world. Because, you know, when you look at it, like you just very said, connected, yeah. very crisscrossy, the way our paths all mm-hmm. seem to meet. I, I've always been fascinated by the concept of uh, time travel. It's just been one of those things that Me I've really... Too. Yeah. And I, I, I often think about, okay, having discovered that Jayla and I was in high school when I had graduated from university and was working in Sault Ste. Marie. Wouldn't you love to go back and... If yeah. I were to go back and, uh, you know, knock on her classroom door and ask if I could borrow Jay Lim for a second and say, okay, here's what's going to happen. years, <laughs> we're going we're to co-host a show together in Edmonton yeah. on a talk radio station. Well, exactly. It's like all the times I visited my aunt and uncle in Ottawa uh, on MacArthur Avenue, you know, and you're, you're there. I've been, I mean, we were at Expo 67. I, I remember like it, like it was yesterday almost, you mm. know. You did just memories that are ingrained in you. I could have passed Carol Ann's grandmother yeah. or sure. grandmother father at any time and look down at this little kid and go, really? You're just going to be working with him? <laughs> yeah. The granddaughter that's not even born yet. Yeah, <laughs> really? Be, right. That would be the most shocking thing, right? Because I'm nine years older than my wife. So if at 14 or 15, you know, uh, when things are, uh, hormones are raging, I had met my mm-hmm. wife, I was able to go back and say, well, she'd be a five-year-old. Yeah. Like that's, that's not right. That's why we have such great imaginations. Because I know Stephen Hawking was asked, is it possible to travel in time? Mm-hmm. And he basically, I think, said no. <laughs> you can't go back. Mm-hmm. Right. Otherwise, there wouldn't have been a Hitler. One of us would have taken upon. Well, yeah. you would just. That's always the argument that if time travel were possible, then it would have already occurred. Right. Right. So. But yeah, in going back in time, how one little thing can make a difference for the entire future, the entire like butterfly effect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. A couple of my favorite, and you talk about like in time travel. If you've read The Time Traveler's Wife, which is a really interesting book that goes back and forth between a couple, from when she's a young girl to whatever it's a it's a really interesting read but one of my favorite television series that you keep laughing at is outlander and it's Mm. become hugely popular going into its third season and that incorporates time travel aren't they going to be filming here in alberta didn't they put a call out for some uh, some indigenous actors yeah that's right the next part of um um the series um, takes place in the call in 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 America during the seventeen eighteen okay. hundreds. So yep. yeah, so kind of, and, yeah. and that sort of stuff. So yeah, they're actually coming to town in the next little bit, and they're doing journalism. Yeah, they're looking for uh, they're looking for actors and uh, what do you call them? Uh, not spares, extras, um, extras. There you go, <laughs> not spares. <laughs> spares. <laughs> We're but not yeah, bowling be, here, but yeah, if if uh, I, I would love to be a part of part hmm. of that, but I have yeah. to check Quantum Leap? Yes. I used to love that show. Hmm. Based on uh, sort of time travel, but every episode would end with him appearing in somebody else's body as somebody else, and he would have to figure out what it is he had to accomplish. Boy, who writes this In stuff? order to Comes jump again. Oh, awesome. such a good show. Well, yeah. And there was a, a, a series in the 80s, like we're going way back, and I think it was called A Voyageur, and it was, again, a time travel Hmm. Um, hmm. 
series, and I know because the guy, the, the lead actor, and he was really the hunky, and I had pictures of him in my locker in in high school. But yeah, it was time travel as do, well. Do you know where uh, art met reality in the biggest way with regard to time travel was uh, Back to the Future? Right. Yes. Where in the third movie, they basically had to find a way to film it around an absence of an actor or two, right? Right. So it was sort of like that, that, like I said, that was art meets reality, where they went, okay, so how do we do that? So they went back to the first two movies, specifically the first movie, and took scenes that they had not used in the first movie in order to have the actor in the oh my God. third movie. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. John my Eric Hexum. Voyageurs, it was called. John Eric Hexum. Do you guys remember... Oh, I remember the picture for sure. I don't remember. It must be in reruns. 82, 83. Okay. Well, Voyager? Voyageurs. Hmm. Well, I thought you said when you were going to go way back, I thought you were going to mention Banachek or something. <laughs> well, I don't even know. When you said Voyageurs, I thought you meant the uh, farm team for the Canadians. No, no. Different, uh, different Voyageurs. Be, yeah. Time yeah. travel the fur trade. one. Yeah. Right. Anyway, interesting conversation. Gord, yep. always great to have you in. Thanks. Yeah, always interesting conversation. <laughs> the 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.